Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the United States, I welcome you back. To all of our listeners in every other country, all of our listeners all around the world, honored to have you still. Welcome everyone to Marriage and Family Clinic in Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina. We're coming to you from WGPL 1350 and WPCE 1400 on your AM dial, as well as WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to the Marriage and Family Clinic live stream simply by tuning in to www dot christianbroadcastingcompany.com that's www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com and if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast in the marriage and family clinic series you can find the podcast simply by searching bishop cd hodges search bishop cd hodges on itunes iHeartRadio, radio uh spotify podbean uh uh, Apple Podcasts. You can search any of those venues. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges and you'll come up with the Marriage and Family Clinic podcast. However you find podcasts, just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your marriage relationship dynamics, your family relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately we really want to help you repair and grow and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Uh, I took a couple of weeks of vacation recently. I went back to the United States of America. And for those of you who are regular listeners, you probably noticed that you heard some replays, a few replays for two or three weeks over the last few weeks. Uh, uh, I'm glad and I appreciate you hanging in there. I'm really appreciative of you hanging in there with us. Uh, I hope you're not too disappointed. And I hope the replays didn't cause you too much suffering. But, you know, even though I, I, I believe, uh, even though we play some replays, there's still some benefit in listening to the programs multiple times. Uh, if it's good one time, it's going to be good two times. And if it's good two times, it's probably going to be good three or four or five times. Uh, now, I don't mean to just wear you out that way, but I just want to say I appreciate you hanging in with us. Thank you for coming back. Uh, to hear us once again, we're back on the ball now. Uh, the subject we have taken up over the last nearly three years have opened a lot of eyes. Uh, we've helped healing come to a lot of hearts. We've uh, been effective in changing a lot of minds. And for that, I'm truly grateful. I'm deeply, eternally grateful for that opportunity. And, and so what I'm saying to you is that it's good sometimes to hear these again because they've been a blessing. Uh, they brought some good help and great benefit to a lot of people. All right. Now, now I also, also want to pause for a moment and just tell you that I'm, I'm really humbled and I'm blessed beyond measure to be able to present to you this program. Uh, and what's so great about it, you may ask. Well, why are you so grateful for that, somebody may ask. Well, here's the deal. God wanted to share his heart with you. God wanted to share his heart with you. God wanted to tell you how he feels about you, what he thinks about you. 
And God wants to share with you how he desires for you to live in victory over whatever is dragging you down, over whatever bondage you're dealing with, whatever is hindering and hampering your marriages and your families, whatever those concerns are, God wants you to know what he desires for you. And here's the beauty of it. Here's what I'm so thankful and humbled by. When God wanted to say something to you about your relationships, he chose to give me the gift of being his mouthpiece. Oh, come on now, somebody. That's, that, that's great. That's heavy. When God wanted to say something to you about your marriage and your family relationships, he chose to use me as his mouthpiece. What a gift that is. I count that as a divine gift. That's a spiritual gift to me. And, and, and that just about makes me want to shout, but I got to move on here. Uh, let's get into this particular episode. You know, back in December of last year, just about six months ago now, I started a brief mini-series. We did a brief mini-series on repairing family relationships. And you know a lot of what's going wrong in our world, a lot of what's going wrong in our nation, a lot of what's broken, no matter what it is, a lot of what's broken from racism to politics to, to whatever the case may be, a lot of it can be attributed to the breakdown of the family. And family members not knowing how important family relationships are and, and not knowing how to protect and care for those family relationships. So we have hurt children uh, who grow up into hurting adults. We have children who are hurt in childhood and they grow into adults who are still hurting. And that hurt negatively impacts every other relationship in their lives. So in December, we started and, and went on to complete a, a mini-series on repairing family relationships. And I know somebody listening right now is still suffering from hurting and distant and conflict-riddled and broken marriage and family relationships. It's not new, folks. It's not new. And 99.99% .99 of us have been there, if not still there. Many of us are still there. So you're not alone. If that's you, if that's you I'm talking about, know that you are not alone. And as I said back then, as I said back in December, I'll say it again now, don't throw in the towel just yet. Do not throw in the towel just yet. There is still both some hope and still some help. So I want you to hang on there. Just hang on there. All right. I, I shared some strong medicine with you back then in December. Um, I shared some strong medicine with you. Uh, and, and, and I gave you at least four steps to take to repair broken relationships. You may not remember them, and, and, and I'm not going to go over them in depth. I, I do think it's worthwhile that I relist them for you uh, just to name those steps. And, and here they are. I just want to give them to you once again to repair family relationships. Step number one, you got to get yourself together. You have to get yourself together. Who's really the problem? What's really the problem? If you have multiple relationships that are in jeopardy and hostile and conflicted, then you need to look in the mirror. And whatever the, whatever the deal is, 
if you're going to fix a relationship, the first place you got to start is in the mirror. You can't start by naming the other person's faults and their problems. You got to start in the mirror. Step number two is that you got to know that you cannot count on your fix coming from the other family member. Even if the other family member is the source of your hurt, it may be the other family member who messed up. It may very well be. It hardly ever is. There's always two sides to every coin. But even if it was the other family member who messed up, if you really want the relationship fixed, <coughs> excuse me, if you really want the relationship fixed, then you may not be able to wait on them to start the fix, to initiate the fix. You may have to do it. So you can't, you can't wait on the other family member to start the fix. Step number three, you have to have the capacity to forgive. You have to have the capacity to forgive. And that makes step number one so important, getting yourself together. You have to have the capacity to forgive. Uh, regarding 99.999999% of the hurt, you must have the capacity to forgive if you're going to fix these family relationships. And then step number four, step number four, is consider how a third party may benefit your efforts and your desires. <clears throat> Think about how a third party, be it a professional counselor, be it your pastor, be it a friend that the both of you can trust. Just think about how a third party can serve as kind of a buffer between you, how a third party can kind of break things down and return some things and reframe some things and kind of ease some things out and help you take the sting uh, out of some of your verbiage, help you take the sting out of some of the meaning of your talk. All right. So think about how a third party can help you. Uh, now, and those are four steps to help you uh, repair a broken family relationship. You can come back to those. As I said already, you can go back to the podcast. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Podbean. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodge. You can go back and hear these again. All right. And, and for some of you, that was some strong medicine. That was some strong medicine. And, and, you know, one thing that we really don't care for, one thing most of us really don't care for is people who tell us what's good for us and they don't do it themselves. We don't care for that. We do not care for that. We really do not care for people who tell us to do things that they are not willing to do themselves. We don't care for it. We don't care for it. I particularly, I don't like a person telling me how to fix my car and their car is up on blocks. So what I'm saying to you is that I gave you some strong medicine, but I had to take some of my own strong medicine myself. <laughs> I had to take some of my own strong medicine myself. And so I'm going to share a little testimony with you here. And I hope to get through this. And you might want to get some tissues. Uh, you might want to just get ready here. But I want to share a little testimony with you. You know, I was the second of five children. I was the second of five children. Uh, and I'm the second oldest. I've had, I have one older brother. I have three brothers and one sister. One older brother, two younger brothers, and our sister is right there in the middle, 
brother one, brother two, who is me, then my sister, then brother three, then brother four. My sister is right there in the middle of us. Uh, and my sister and I, we've never been really close. In our nearly 60 years of living, we have never been really close. Mainly because I was older growing up and she was a girl and I was a boy. I was older, I was a boy, she was a girl. And that didn't necessarily make for a close relationship where I grew up. So she didn't become my best friend. She wasn't my BFF or anything like that. I had other boys for that. So we never were really close. And then at the age of 18, I graduated high school, joined the Marine Corps, hoorah. I took off and I really never looked back. But I never forgot that I had a sister. We just were never really close. Didn't forget about it. We talked from time to time, but never was really close. When I would visit home and see her, you know, we would have a little talk, little chit chit chat and whatever the case may be. Uh, but it wasn't the joyful, tearful, hugging, roll around reunions like you see on television or in the movies. We just never were really close. Now, I want to make sure that something is clear here. Uh, in our particular case, we never fell out. We really never fell out. We never had any serious conflict or hostilities or or anything like that. Although my parents, my mother especially, she did favor the girl. I got to tell you that right now. She did favor the girl. <laughs> Uh, but we never had any serious conflict or any hostilities or anything that threatened our relationship like that. We just were never close. We were just never close. And, and you know, when you think about it, uh, when we were well into our adulthood with children of our own, uh, I began to experience some disappointment. And I felt let down when I thought about it how close my sister and I were not. And I actually felt a hole in my heart. And like I said, we're nearly 60 now and I left home at 18. So you can figure, you can figure out how long this has been going on. I felt like I was missing something when I heard other men talk about their relationship with their sisters. When I saw how other men cared for their sisters, how other men were close to their sisters. Man, I felt like I was missing something. Felt a hole in my heart. I felt a void. I felt a serious void. And to put this in, spec in perspective, let me use this illustration right here. Imagine if there were a group of children at the ice cream truck getting ice cream. Now, I think about that because when I was growing up in those hot summers in Southern Kentucky, we used to love for the Dairy Queen ice cream truck to come by. And what I, the illustration I'm getting ready to use, oh, I know well what it means. I know well what it feels like personally. But just think about a group of children gathered around the ice cream truck. After all the children had gotten their ice cream and were sitting around talking and enjoying the ice cream, laughing at one another, the heat melting the ice cream, running down their fingers, whatever the case may be. There was one kid, there was that one child who didn't get any ice cream for one reason or another. For one reason or another, normally the reason is he just didn't have any money. Remember I told you, I know well how this feels. He didn't get any ice cream. 
Now, can you imagine how that child would feel? Can you imagine how that child would feel watching the other children sit around laughing, talking, enjoying themselves, having a good time, enjoying their ice cream? Can you imagine how the left out child feel? Can you imagine how left out the left out child would feel? Well, that's kind of how I feel. When I would hear other men talk about their sisters, I felt left out because I didn't have that. Even when I would watch TV shows, and, and I've seen a few movies where there was a brother and a sister who had a relationship where they called each other on the phone, they had conversations, they helped each other through life's trials, etc., 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 etc. I felt the void because I didn't have it. I didn't have that. Then several years ago, my sister was struck with cancer. I lived in Japan and I didn't get to share that experience with her. I'm not going to make any excuses, left or right, up or down. But I didn't get to share that experience with her like you would imagine the ideal brother and sister would. And my sister got over that cancer bout and we pretty much continued like we had been. Oh, we shared little platitudes. I'm glad you're okay. But we pretty much continued like we had been. The situation continued to eat at me also. And that was until several months ago. This is going on until several months ago when I presented the miniseries in December on repairing family relationships. Now, I had done this with a couple of brothers. I had done this with my brothers, but not my sister. When I presented the miniseries on, on repairing family relationships, it really, it really struck a chord in me. And I had to take some of my own strong medicine. So one day I, I called my sister and I confessed to her how I felt, how I had felt for years, actually. How I regret not being close to her. How I regret not being there for her in her first bout of cancer. I confessed to my sister how I felt a hole in my heart and how I wanted us to be closer, and how I was determined to make that happen. I vowed to my sister that I would make it better. And lo and behold, the cancer came back. The cancer came back. Now, let me, let me confess to you also, quite honestly, I don't remember if I made this call to my sister before or after she told my brothers and me that she had cancer again. And I know my sister called my brothers and I up. We all were on video conference. Uh, she called my brothers and me up and she told us about the cancer returning. So I don't remember if I made this call to her before or after she told us that. But I told her nonetheless. So when I went home a few weeks ago, I took vacation, left Japan, went back to the States a few weeks ago to see my wife in Virginia. I left Japan determined that I was going to see my sister. Before I ever left Japan, I purchased plane tickets for my wife and I to travel to see my sister. And because she lived so close to my son and my mother, I would see them also. But my main goal was to see my sister, lay eyes on my sister. Wasn't concerned about the cost of the plane tickets or anything like that, but I wanted to see my sister. Only had, I had less than two weeks of vacation. I spent four days, I spent four days traveling. So I've got less than two weeks actually on the ground at home now. But none of that mattered. I was going to see my sister. 
And I thank God for my wife who supported me. I told my wife and my wife even offered to allow me to go by myself because of the cost. But I, I wasn't leaving my wife. So thank God for my wife who supported me and wanted to do what was best for me, she thought. And when I arrived at my sister's house, she came out to greet us. And it started off like the days of old, but it quickly shifted. I said it quickly shifted. My sister threw her arms around me and, and I threw my arms around her and we embraced for a long time. Oh, I'm telling you, we hugged. They're in the driveway outside the car. I don't even know if, I don't even think I closed the car door, but we embraced for a long time. That one embrace, listen to what I'm saying here. That one embrace was longer than all the other embraces we've ever had in our lifetimes combined. <laughs> that one embrace was longer than all the other embraces in our lives combined. Can you imagine that? And as we embraced, as we embraced, I could sense her relief. I could sense a burden being lifted off of her without any words being said, without any words being said, God was repairing the breach and pulling us together. Well, I want you to hear this here. As we hugged, I could, oh my God. And she cried like a baby. My sister cried like a baby. Oh my God. You know, I, I hope she didn't, <clears throat> I hope she didn't mind me telling this, but my sister cried like a baby and I could just feel in her crying that she was letting something go. Well, I'm talking about family here. And I could feel in, even during our hood that God was repairing the breach and pulling us together. And we shared like never before for the next few hours. Enjoyed each co other's company like never before. I only had a few hours but we definitely made the most of them. And when my wife, our grandbaby and I were leaving my sister's house, I knew something really deeply special had happened over the course of just a few hours. A week or so later, I wrote my sister and told her how I had been telling everybody I got to spend time with my sister. That void had been filled and I got to boast about my sister like I had heard others do over the years. And I was telling folks, I was telling her how deeply it touched me. And my sister wrote back and almost blew my mind. My sister wrote back and said, uh, she said that she was so blessed by my visit. And I really hope she doesn't mind telling you, but this, this did so much for me. I just want to share it with you. My sister told me that once I got there, that she got, and when she got to hug me, she said she was like, my brother is here. Here's what her sentiment. My brother is here. I feel safe. I feel protected. I feel loved. And she went on to tell me how that she was crying the following Sunday, trying to explain it to her pastor. And how that she was crying even as she was typing this message to me. Because it was just something about that visit. She said within herself, she said that she said to herself, my brother came to see about his little sister. <laughs> Needless to say, it started to get dusty all over again. It started to get a little dusty all over again. But do you hear me here? 
what she was letting go when we embraced, when we hugged. She was rejoicing because my brother is here and I feel safe and I feel protected and I feel loved. And she's going through this cancer bout. And, 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 and the first thing I want to tell you is that I'm so deeply grateful for the opportunity and the chance and the God allowed us to mend that relationship before either of us died. Honestly, I feel like a hole has been filled in my heart. I feel a sense of fulfillment. I feel like a part of me has been restored. And don't you miss out on this happening for you because you are angry and you are hurt. Do you even remember why you're angry? Do you even remember why you hurt? For nearly three years on this program, I've continually reinforced the meaning of family. Family is a God-given institution. Family is God's ordained, ready-made unit of love, nurturing, support, and security. Once again, I want to take a moment and reiterate in the very strongest terms possible that we need our families. There are some things we will go through in life, some things we will experience. It requires the family touch. And our families, God gave us our families. Our families are supposed to be there to prop us up, to hold us up, to hold our arms up, to reinforce us, to encourage us, to lift us in those difficult times of life. Like my sister said, she said, when you got there, when you got here, I felt safe, protected, and loved. And that sounds just like my definition of the family. And she wasn't even thinking about my definition of the family. She wasn't saying, oh, let me use this definition of the family. No, she was just telling the truth of her experience. And it matches perfectly my definition of the family. Family is there to help you feel safe, protected, and loved in the difficult times of life. And if you've been living 50 or 60 years, you know good and well Life can get difficult. Folks, it's just that simple. Family is God's gift to you to secure you in tough times. And when we got to a place, my sister and I, when we got to a place where we were supposed to be in our relationship, then we got to experience what God meant for us to experience in family. That safety, that protection, and that love. I said, when we got to a place and I followed my own strong medicine, I followed my steps that I gave you and look at the outcome, look at the result, look at it here. And when my sister and I got to a place where we were supposed to be in our brother and sister relationship, then we had the blissful joy of experiencing what God meant for us to experience as a family, that safety, that protection, and that love. But you can't experience it in your family. You can't experience what you're supposed to experience in your family. You can't get out of your family. What God means for you to get out of your family. If your relationships are all broken, twisted, conflicted, hostile, strained, severed, dysfunctional, etc., etc. Why don't you make up your mind to get things right? Well, I'm telling you, you don't know what you're missing. 
You don't know what you're missing. I know you think you've done fine. You've done okay without it. But I'm telling you, you don't know what you're missing. And when you think about it, I know you would love to have those relationships repaired. I know you would love it. As I say so often, nobody's going to stick with you like family. Nobody's coming to your rescue like family. When all is said and done, your family is the strongest rock you have. As a matter of fact, when all is said and done, your family is one, one big rock and you're just a chip off of that one big rock. In other words, you got the same DNA flowing through you. You are of the same substance as your family. Family will stick with you. Family will stick with you to a fault sometimes. Where do you think we came up with the saying blood is thicker than water? Where do you think we came up with that? Of a truth, family is going to be there with you. Man, I could think of so many examples to support that, so many examples to substantiate that. But I want you to remember, you can't get out of your family what God means for you to get out of your family. You can't experience from your family what God means for you to experience until you get your relationships right. You got to get those relationships right. Are you hearing me here? Man, man, that was a fast 30 minutes. I'm all out of time here. Listen, you've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. Our mission here is to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. And that's going to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Don't waste time. Don't think about it another day. Don't delay it any longer. Don't put it off any longer. Go get your relationships fixed. You can listen to this. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, search on any of those platforms. You can find marriage and family plan. I got to get out of here. But I want you to remember this. I want you to remember this. You can't have peace with yourself or others without the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We are out.